Hi everybody, Lisa Tumney here from Pushing the Limits. Today I am with Neil Wagstaff in Havelock North. How are you, Neil? I'm good, Lisa. How are you, mate? Back again for another session and uh, talking today our favourite subject, which is running. So um, hopefully you'll be interested in running and um, you want to learn a little bit about it. Um, we're going to be talking today about what makes up a really holistic run training program and this is something that we preach at Running Hot Coaching um, and we've got you know the five elements or the five pillars we call them uh, that make up a good uh, good structure so we're going to go through some of those today and just as a reminder we've got a live weekend seminar running seminar coming up on the 31st of August and the 1st of September in Havelock North in the North Island beautiful place um, we only have a small group of people and we only do it once a year we've um, got a couple of spots left if you want to come and join us please make sure you reach out to us you can do that either by visiting our website lisatamati.com uh, there's a place where you can click the link on the banner there and it will take you through to all the information on the weekend um, and we're going to go through a little bit of what's involved in this weekend and the sort of things that we we have in all of our training programs and why running isn't just about running which sounds illogical right eh, Neil so Neil where do you want to start with this mate let's start I mean we're, we're getting such big wins and one of the things we do on the weekends that really enlightens people is the the video analysis and the review of that because often we talk a lot about running and people go yeah yeah I get it but it's not until they actually see themselves moving and they see themselves moving across the screen and you can point out right we're going to tweak this this and this and they actually start to get it so the beauty of doing something that's visual and what we do with a lot of our one-on-one -on -one clients is as as you know Lisa is we, we we get them to send in videos of themselves running and the reason for it is we can give feedback and they can also then really relate to that feedback because oh. they can see exactly what they're exactly what they're doing so I thought it'd be real useful if we just go through a couple of the common things we will we see in the videos yep. and how they're easy to correct and some of the drills you can use to, to to help correct them so one of the one of the ones we often see on the um on the video analysis and when we we send out the video analysis and when we do it at the weekend we get people to do it side on mm -hmm. we get side on full body and we do front on so we can see someone running towards us and see from feet all the way up to to head and then we get them running away from us as well so we can see um see from behind so it gives us a whole you know all dimensions of the body yeah we can see right around the body see what's going on as we as we do it we then slow that video right the way down so we can see it in slow motion and one of the things we often see is is people overstriding okay and people either heel striking or overstriding so we see people they're body ideally up right here and the leg ends up way out in front of the body yeah. now what we see there is if you look at the position imagine this is leg it's on the youtube as well so those okay. people can see okay. my hands i'll start i'll start with visuals i'll give some i'll give some other some other examples so if you you're at home at the moment just stand up and put one foot out in front of you if you put that foot in front of you you'll see that your body weight is all now behind your foot so if you're trying to run and your foot's way out in front of you you're effectively sticking on the brakes every time you try and move so every time you move forward you're then having to get your whole center of mass over your leg again to to move forward so you're literally every time you're you're, you're overstriding stepping forward you're putting on the brakes so one of the big wins we get is teaching people how to start to to pull that stride back 
Okay, shorten the stride slightly and start to change the body position so that the weight is now moving forward. Running effectively release is just, it is simply getting used to falling. Most of us aren't comfortable falling flat on our face, so we try and put our foot out. But all we're going to teach people and all we teach people to do is to lean slightly forward more. So as they lean, um, they're leaning forward more, keeping their feet under the center of mass, they can, they can then move a whole lot more, whole lot more effectively. So yeah. that overstriding is one that we, we often see regularly and that gets tidied up very quickly and people know it's a massive difference in efficiency um, and running comfort when they do that and obviously a massive reduction in injury as well because they're now not shooting those breaking forces straight back through their body um, another one we commonly commonly see is is runners crossing the line and what I mean by that is when a runner's running towards me and we look slow motion in the in the video we see the the legs crossing over each other so this can cause all sorts of issues as well. And simple, yeah. Yeah, simple, simple issues here is if the legs, are, the legs are doing this, is you want to get the legs obviously running either side of an imaginary line. That way it balances out the body a whole lot more effectively, and that can simply be done with some simple drill work, drill work as well. Okay, so again, tidies up what's going on through the ankle, the knee, the hip. Again, nice reduction in injury and a lot more comfort with the, with the run, efficiency, run efficiency as well. Another one we, we often see is um, a lot of unnecessary movement through the upper body. Okay, now you do want, we do want some rotation. We're gonna need some rotation when we're, when we're moving. Yep. When it becomes obsessive, and we see unwanted movement in the hips as well, mm-hmm. then we're gonna to start to see, um, see again, pain, issues, discomfort with running. So again, easy fixes of that. Some of that will be related to how we what do it from you know, core strength and a strength point of view. Um, others will be through body awareness as well. But the beauty of the video is, is it gives you that awareness. And then when we refilm four, six, eight, 12 weeks down the line, we start to be able to compare those differences and see those differences very, and some of those differences are huge and significant. Yeah, and said, these are really quick wins too, you know, like in, <laughs> within, a, within a few weeks of training, you know, you can, you can, you can have your PBs, you know, your best times going into your races and all of a sudden you're like, hell, I've been doing it wrong for all these years and no one's pointed it out, you know. Uh, I, I always find it funny when I'm at the gym and I see, you know, new people coming up and running on the treadmill and you just feel like, eh, you know, it's not my job to go and tell everybody what to do, but it's just like, oh, God. You know, there's just some things and you look at some of them as super talented athletes but they're just doing some, some very simple things wrong um, and it's just like, oh, man, you could be doing so much better. Um, another thing we see is uh, you know, your hands crossing over the centre line is another um, thing. Um, your hands should be basically running straight. You should be relaxing the shoulders. Your arms are swinging from the shoulders in a 90-degree fashion. And the faster you're going, yes, the, the higher your arm uh, swing, if you like. Uh, but it shouldn't be crossing over your centre line because then you've got forces going left and right. And I'm doing my dance here on the on the podcast again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you don't want any mom- anything where you're going. Another thing is, is going up and down too much. When you, when you see someone's just their head running, and say they're running a, 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 in front of a fence or a hedge, and you see their head bounding up and down, then you know that there's a hell of a lot of force to send their body into the air and back down again, and that force could be used to propel them forward. So you don't want to be going up and down, and you don't want to be going side to side. You want to be as efficient as possible and as straight as possible. Um, and getting it, getting it on camera is, is, is gold. So, and if you want any help with that or any guidelines, just as Lisa said at the start, drop us a message through the website. Yep. We, um, we can have a look at you, your running from an from analysis point of view yeah. and show you how to start, really to start looking at, it, look at it yourself because getting that footage side on from the front and the back just makes such a difference to, to what you're doing and then how you're making the changes as well. 
and, and to, to avoiding injuries. Okay, so that's a run analysis. That's something we do at the weekend. It's also something we uh, encourage people to do as a drills and skills as part of their, their training system throughout the year. Now, typically, you don't want to be doing a heck of a lot of drills and skills uh, in a high-volume time of your year. Um, if you're trying to change your run technique, you need to be doing it at a time when you've actually got some pretty low mileage so that you can actually, because you're changing, you're, you're making changes in your brain and your neural networks need um, time and space to do it. Now, if you're going into long distance and you're fertiguing, you're going to go back to your old habits, so you're going to be counterproductive in that sense of the word. Um, of course, we do do um, drills and skills all the way through the year just to keep reminding ourselves, but if you're wanting to really change up your technique, you need to drop the mileage for a little while. Um, so that's why you'll see, you know, especially uh, field, track and field, or track athletes specifically, um, doing their skills and drills every single time they go out to the track and that's because they want to have absolute optimum performance when they're out running and you might think well I'm just a cruisy you know doing my local park run 5k or 10k or half marathon it's not so important but it is important if you want to avoid those injuries and if you want stability in the body and it will start to point out to you where you have weaknesses as well and that goes sort of leads into our next point Neil about strength training for runners why is that important? The strength chain is, is there to, to build a foundation for what you're going to move from. If you're trying to move your, your body from a, um, and your weak from a muscular and strength point of view, your body's not going to move forward in a, an effective way. If you've got imbalances in your kinetic chain, so if you've got imbalances in the ankles, knees, hips, shoulders, back, then they're just going to be multiplied when you start to try and load your body and, and run. So what the strength training will do, if it's balanced and run specific, is it will start to strengthen your body. So when you do put one foot in front of the other, your, your body's in a position that it can support itself and it can, it can hold itself. If there's weaknesses in certain muscles, which there often is throughout our bodies, and muscles aren't doing the job they should, then again, when we put one foot in front of the other, the, the body's not going to be able to hold, hold itself in position. So the key thing with strength training is it's transferable to to running. So if often if I, I see people doing strength training programs that involve a lot of machines um, and get themselves into interesting uh, positions on machines um, in a gym, then that's not necessarily going to be transferable out onto the road. But if you're doing a lot of single leg work, um, a lot of work that's on, on one foot. We spend all of our time when we're running on one leg. So the, the strength movements should, as closely as possible, be transferable over to, to the running. So single leg work, balance work, core work, stuff that's going to put us in those positions that when we're running and make sure that we fire the muscles we want to be using when we're running. Yeah, absolutely. And resistance bands and things and keeping it. So your core, your hips, even your upper back, I find is something that we totally neglect. And this is something that's really important if you want to have good, uh, good technique when you're running and you want to have an open chest and your, your shoulder blades back and down and not hunched from the middle, which causes digestive problems eventually and postural problems. Um, this is something that, you know, you had to train out of me at the beginning of our uh, coaching athlete relationship where I was like a, 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 a pin, <laughs> a staple, <laughs> more to the point, by the end of my races because I was so weak in the core. Now I've got a rock solid core and I don't have the back injury uh, issues that I had earlier, even though I've got four discs that are completely stuffed. I've managed to get that under control through core work. So 
don't underestimate how important strength work is. Now, another aspect of strength work is that like, it doesn't stay the same right throughout your career, and it doesn't stay the same right throughout your progression as an athlete. So at the beginning, what types of exercises are you focusing on as a beginner athlete, um, as opposed to someone who's at the top of their game wanting more speed and, and um more endurance. Well, like you're running, the um, the strength training should be periodised, so that should that should have peaks and troughs throughout the year. Um, simply speaking, it will it will vary for for each individual athlete. But simply speaking, you'd, you'd start as a beginner with some good stabilisation work. So the differences in your strength training when you're you're starting out is you're going to spend. Um, more, more time stabilization works more balance work more work that you're you're working for longer tempos so not necessarily fast explosive work if you're trying to do fast explosive work with plyometric jumps and things like that when you're just starting out as a beginner again you're going to be loading a structure that may already be be weak or may already have some limitations and you're trying to get it to do things like box jumps it's not going to be landing effectively however if we do something like a single leg squat in and out of a chair where we're standing up and sitting down on one leg we do it slow and controlled and we work through that range of motion where we understand and see what it feels like keeping good alignments with the with the body as we do it and then we build slowly up over a period of four to six weeks then we add some resistance and load to that so that could be dumbbells kettlebells barbells similar sort of movement and then we move on to the jumping from there so what you've done is you've given your body stability first like building a house once it's got its stabilization we add some load to it once you've got some load we can add some speed and power and then that whole process is cycled throughout the throughout the year so, so a good tip yeah. so, so a good tip for the listeners though, is just just really review what you're doing strength wise if you find yourself on machines every day or you've been doing the same thing for a long period of time yeah. then look at reviewing what you're doing ask yourself with each movement you're doing is this really truly transferable to running and if you think you're not sure again reach out ask us the question we're happily and that's right. yeah that's what we have in, in all of our programs have all of these aspects included in each program so you get your whole mobility workouts fully periodized and that will improve with you you get your strength training so you don't have to think about all this sort of stuff but if you're trying to put the plan together yourself then make sure you're not being counterproductive because if you're doing the strength exercises that aren't transferable to running you can actually make your running worse you know you can actually slow yourself down you can be building muscles where you don't want muscles and um you know and you can also definitely injure yourself if you like neil said if you're going into uh really heavy strength based work or you're going into plyometric work where you're absolutely not at that level yet that's when you can run into a whole lot of injuries now one other aspect i wanted to talk about was strength running and this is i did a little video about it the other day and it was super popular so it's obviously something that people need to understand is that running is a catabolic activity and weight training or resistance work is an anabolic type of exercise meaning that anabolic means that you're releasing hormones growth hormones into the body that help increase um the the growth of the muscles the, the strength of the muscles uh and you're building your body now running although it's very good for your body and your, your cardiovascular system and so on it, when you're doing long distance running you're actually at risks of of eating your muscles and as we age this is one thing that's really important for anybody north of 40 uh, that you need to train differently than a 20 year old runner does a 20 year old runner who especially young men have got a lot of testosterone they've got a lot of muscles anyway they are in a state of you know that they, they build muscle much easier easier uh, when you're getting over 40 and upwards you're starting to lose muscle mass naturally 
over the course of the next you know few decades and it can you know a 70 year old for example has lost 30 to 40 percent of their muscle mass typically if they're not counteracting this if they're not aware of this so you often see a lot of older runners who are doing the same thing and they're fit cardiovascular wise but they look like they're completely dried out and <laughs> they look like they've got no muscle mass they, they look often flaccid in the upper body and this is because they're they're catabolic they're they're eating their muscles all the time. So Neil, how do we counteract that as we age and get older? And we're both north of 40 now, I'm 50. Yeah, uh, still <laughs> we need to train differently than what we did when we were 20 and 30. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest number one game changer for all of this is sleep. Is, yep. is just sleep every, every single time. So one of the things we ask, and a lot of our, our our team and our athletes are in our age bracket, at least. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we'll always ask with those we're working with one on one is, where is your sleep at? If you the sleep is better than any drug on the market, any supplement on the market, and usually we'll go looking for other magic bullets first, um, rather than going and looking at right, where's our sleep health at? Where's our sleep hygiene at? So getting a good, uh, good um, sleep, sleep strategy in place, so good nighttime routine, good morning routine, and getting good quality sleep in the hours that you should have good quality sleep, all of a sudden, those hormones that you've just been talking about will start to ramp up. So training-wise, then we can load our body a little bit more because the recovery process is happening. What we forget is that we think the benefits are happening when we're training, but the benefits are really happening when we're, when we're sleeping. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's when we're resting, and that becomes, to your your point, Lucy, becomes even more important when we're coming into oh, the age bracket we're both in, and most of the people that will probably be listening to to us as well are, is that, that that sleep is key. We rush hard to do the exercise, we rush hard to break our bodies down, we break it. Yes, we need to do that. We need to create that microtrauma within the body to for it to develop and grow. But what we often miss is that we're not allowing it to grow. So then we go out again the next day, break it down a little bit more. And then keep doing that to the point then, this is why we see so many people with injuries. Overtraining, burnout. Overtraining. And we don't see, it doesn't always have to be a high volume, but it's just that continuous, continuous that. So what we then end up doing is having to pull back on the training. Whereas if we got the sleep sorted, the recovery would be better. The training can be better quality. And we go from there. So that's, yeah, number one tip. And again, any anyone needs any help with that is just... Yeah, because that's sounds an episode obvious. on its own. Yeah, like yeah, we, could, we could do a whole episode on sleep, yeah. uh, how to how to optimize your sleep and how to deal with insomnia and what, what things you can do. And we definitely will do that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, in other words, your hormones are replacing when you're recovering and they, your hormones are all about rebuilding your body, replenishing everything, keeping everything balanced, helping you avoid burnout, helping you avoid injuries and so on. And so you can be training like an idiot, but if you're not getting good deep sleep and yeah, that's that's its own blooming thing. Um, but at least trying trying to get your seven to eight hours a night, you know. Uh, going to bed early, the, the time before 12 o'clock brings a lot more than the time after midnight. Um, so just being aware of those and having a routine around it. Okay, so we'll, we will cover that in another subject. Um, on to mobility um, and why that's important too. It's again, most of us have got imbalances of some sorts, you, 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 um, me and you yep. included, and stuff yep. that we always have to work with. So finding out more about how your body moves, how it feels, what it what it does, and again, huge topic that's worth a whole podcast on its on its own. I'll give you a couple of easy 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 points and takeaways today. One is looking after your feet. Okay, so as runners, we we spend a lot of time, all of our time, on our feet. Mm. We spend a lot of time on our feet um, throughout the day. And what we're very good at doing is covering our foot up in a, in a sock and then a shoe. Now, our foot should 
be sensitive. It should be in contact with the ground. If we put great big things like shoes over our hands and then went to try to cook and do the normal things we do, we'd lose that, that ability to have the senses of what's going on around us. So the feet, there's a lot goes on in there. And we've seen some massive results as well by starting to look after the feet and then the knock-on effect it has further up the train. So from a mobility flexibility point of view, get your feet out on a regular basis, get the, foot, the toes moving on a regular basis, get something under that, the sole of the foot around the plantar fascia, rolling it lightly and regularly on a daily basis. And you'll find that starts to help release um, calves, hamstrings, hips, even right the way up to, we've had people in the gym who had neck pain, headaches, and that has been released by doing a lot more footwork and looking after the feet. Mm. So getting that foot functioning as it should, and moving it should on a daily basis. And if you're not sure and aren't quite with me on this, do a simple test at home, stand up, do a simple toe touch test where you'll stand up, bend down and touch your toes. Doesn't matter if you get to your toes or not, you might get halfway down your shin, you might get all the way to the floor. Regardless of where you get to, then spend five, five, 10 minutes, um, even five minutes will do it, rolling, the, rolling each foot. Mm-hmm. Rolling the foot, moving the, the, the feet around and then retest, see how much further you get. Those of you who are very tight, We'll find that you're not gonna um, you're gonna get some real real but good yeah, gains. Yeah. You get further down. Those of you who are already mobile will still feel some different difference in improvement. But it start to show you how the body is so connected. Yeah. So the reason we put so much emphasis on it is that we're not just the body shouldn't be broken down in strength into sections, and in the same way it shouldn't be broken down in mobility and flexibility in sections. It's all connected, it's and the feet are yeah. a great a great example of that. So bringing in, and I say, easy wins at home. If you're not doing it, if especially a lot of runners have calf issues and calf tightness, often they're attacking, yep. they're attacking the calf with foam rolling, stretching, all those sort of things. Get into the feet. Love the feet a little bit more. My money's on it. Your calves will go, thank you. <laughs> uh, and release. Yeah, and, uh, and, and release. And it really helps. I mean, um, working with mum who's got, you know, disabilities and stuff, when I take her on the beach and she has to go bare feet, her, her balance systems, and in her it's obvious because of her brain damage, um, you see it a lot more than you would in a normal person, but it's the same principles actually happening. Correct. She, can, she yeah. can walk a lot better when she's barefoot on, on a soft surface. Obviously, she's very tender and things, but um, she has a lot more proprioception. She has a lot more ability to be able to feel where her body is in space because her feet are actually connected with Mother Earth. And, and I actually think there is a thing with actually, you know, like having our feet on Mother Earth and touching the grass, touching the sand, touching the, the, the dirt. Uh, it has it has its place as well. That's probably you know going off into another tangent. The only thing you have to be careful is if you already have Achilles problems, just uh, be careful um, you don't overdo the barefoot walking or anything. So as with everything, build into it. Don't go barefoot all day when you haven't ever done it before because then you can run into problems as well. And the same with the whole you know barefoot run running revolution that happened a few years ago. Great idea. Uh, we're born in shoes, though, <laughs> and and people who who have come from nations where they haven't had a lot of shoes and they've been running around bare feet their whole childhoods and things, they have a different um, different makeup to their feet. They're a lot stronger. So we have to gradually change it if we want to change it. Um, but just being aware, don't go from zero to hero and then wonder why you broke yourself. Another easy couple of easy wins just to throw in there. Uh, putting yourself back in the positions, least that you um, you were as a kid, and we were before we had tables and chairs. So little things like um, sitting down on your 
on your lower limbs, so sitting down on the knees and letting the bum rest back on the heels and spending some time in that position, tucking the same position but tucking the toes underneath, um, sitting in um, one knee down, one knee up. Yep. So sitting in a deep squat, often positions that I watch all three of my kids in on a regular basis. And those positions, once we come out of our, you know, our, childhood. Our childhood and into our teens, we often find we spend more time at table and chairs, and that's when our body starts to lock up. So, again, personally, I've been getting some good wins, and, again, those were working with one-on-one by putting them back in these positions. Mm. sitting Simply sitting cross-legged on the floor. So a couple of people we were working with who, um, you know, six months ago couldn't sit cross-legged, knees up real high, real uncomfortable. And now just through the process of going through it and doing it on a regular basis, part of their daily routine, they're comfortably sat like that. And now the difference in their squat for the movement through their hips, um, difference in their other movements and their comfort levels is, is huge. And what is a knock-on then for running? You know, like um, when you get full range of motion in your hips and, and these things, what, what, what effect does it have actually on your actual running? So from a technique point of view, it's then getting yourselves into those positions that we talked about at the start um, become easier mm-hmm. um, because you're now in a position that your body will move, for, move, more, move more freely. Um, there's going to be less tension running throughout your body. So often if you find that you may get to a certain point in a run and you feel the muscles start feeling fatigued, start feeling tired, um, some muscles have been working harder than others. So your body starts to shut down in certain areas. So you, that, that whole range of motion increases so now the body starts to move more effectively. One thing just to err on the side of caution is as you get more movement, remember you need control with it. So that's yeah. why we balance nicely the, um, the, yeah. the movement, the yeah. movement, mobility, flexibility, stability side of it with the strength as well. So that if you're giving someone much better range of motion, you need to give them control with it. Yeah. So if all of a sudden you've got a better squat, doesn't mean you rush out and put a big barbell on your back and try and squat heavy weights now. You want to make sure you've got control in it. So it's a case of improving movement, getting control, then going from there. It's exactly what you were saying at the start, Lisa, is that the time to work on all of these things is in an off-season. Yeah. So that you're working on it when you're doing low volume. If I give you better range of motion and then send you out on a three-hour run, then you're going to be feeling great at the start. But all of a sudden, your body's going to be in positions that it wasn't necessarily used to being in before, and you haven't got strength there yet. So that's why we want to do it when get all these gains when we've got low volume training, and then we build it. From there. And this is why all of our programs have the the run sessions and the drills and the you know everything the fart like the, the intervals and everything and they're built on strength and mobility. And under that you have the nutrition and the supplementation and you have the mindset piece of the puzzle and sleep is another one. Um, yeah, so you have that, that, that it's, it's like a pyramid if you like. If you're just doing the top end of the pyramid and you're just doing the running miles and you're forgetting the fact that you need good nutrition, you're thinking you can eat anything because you're, you're burning the calories and you think that you can get away with not sleeping in much and you know burning the candle at both ends and stressing yourself out and then you think you can get away with not doing the mobility work and not doing the strength work, well a disaster is going to happen, you know, like it's, it's just going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a puzzle that um, we, all need to, we all need to put together and for each yeah. of us individually, there's going to be different times of year we need a different piece of the puzzle. So sometimes it will be running, running based. Other times it will be it will be um, flexibility based. Other times strength based. It's just going to vary from person to person which area they need to be focusing on. Yeah, it, it is. And I can hear your kids have come home. Yeah, <laughs> the children. The children are home. The children are home. So we'll wrap it up for today uh, okay. before the kids start screaming um, and want dad to come and train with them. Your kids are absolutely amazing. Um, just one last thought. You know, Neil's got three little kids. 
and when I come around there, they are all always swinging their kettlebells, always doing some sort of lunges and spots with dad, and they're, they're incredible young athletes, you know, so whatever we're teaching our young ones, we're, you know, being good role models as well. Um, what's the most that your kids have run? I've, I've, um, you've got Cam, who's now, what is he, six? He's seven, seven next next month. Yeah. Um, and he did a, we he came and did the Peak Trailblazer with me last year, so just under thirteen k. Thirteen k. And up Ellen did um, part of the first leg of the Triple Peaks last year, which was just under fifteen. Fifteen kilometres up a mountain, yeah. people, and she's right. she's nine. So we've got a nine and a seven year old. So um, and they're doing it because, like you said, Lisa, it's, they're they're asking. It's not something we say. Nah. Last, you know, they put their hand out and said, "Can we come and do it with you?" And yeah. it's uh, for us and for for me, it's a it's a day out in the hills, and it's you know, it's it's fun. Yeah. We've had uh, you know an hour, a few hours out there, and it's good quality time with them. There's no pressure or worry about time. It's just working out what you what you can do and what's achievable. Yeah. They love moving in nature because they see that they do that all yeah. the time, and they're around people that are doing this. They're being good role models for kids, and it has a massive knock-on effect. I can attest to that. Righty, so I think we've covered um, most of the subjects. We didn't get on to nutrition and mindset, um, two other big pieces of the puzzle, and we'll be covering those off, and we have done in the past as well. We'll do some more work on that. Um, but once again, if you guys want to check out our run coaching system, our online run coaching system, the name of our company is Running Hot Coaching, and that sits under my brand, lisatarmody.com, so you can go on there and uh, uh, read all about our online run training system and the holistic approach that we take to it. We have a whole lot of... Um, uh, you can pick your programs from 5K right up to ultra marathon, even 100 milers and multi-day stage races on request. And we also have one-on-one -on -one personalized training as the next level up. If you want, want help on a one-on-one -on -one level, we can do that as well. And we look at the whole person when we're training people. We don't just look at, uh, it's not a spreadsheet. It's not a number, uh, you know, a spreadsheet of numbers that you download from the internet. Because that can tell you now, that is just going to get you into trouble. And if you're doing anything, especially anything seriously long distance, you need that whole system that we've been talking about today. You need that structure and you need people that you can ask questions to who have been there, done that, have trained thousands of people, who have spent 45 years doing this sort of stuff uh, between the two of us and we know what gets people's results. We know how to get people there without burning them out and without injury. And most of the people that we train are in their 30s, 40s and 50s, even older, and they're doing whatever that is epic for them you know they some of them are just starting out others are doing bad water and elite ultra marathoners and all sorts you know so we have people right across that gambit and we're really really passionate about keeping people healthy at the same time as doing epic things and that's quite a balance as i know you know you can break yourself really quite badly if you don't do it and if you don't so if you want to shortcut the process if you want to understand how to do this and place it all together in a proper program our general run club if you just want to join our running club and get access to all the programs access all areas it's five us dollars a week a ridiculously low price and you know it's a no-brainer price really i think the value the amount of years and value that has gone into building this and and to the to the uh, information that we're providing you know, we should be charging a whole lot more, but we want to make it accessible for people. And then if you want the one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can apply to work with uh, one of our coaches one-on-one -on -one as well. We only take a small number on that program. 
if you want to come and check out our, our live weekend, if you're in New Zealand, um, we've even got people coming from overseas to come to our weekend. It is a fantastic weekend where you get to hang out all day and meet some very cool people, make some friends for life, and learn all of this on steroids, basically. Everything we've been talking today, like, but just a whole lot more and in real time. And then we have a lovely dinner together and a gala night, and then we have a bit of a trail run the next morning up the beautiful Tomato Peak. So we'd love you to come and check it out. So head on over to lisatarmaty.com. Click on the banner there. That'll take you through the information on our run weekend. So any other questions, please let us know. And Neil, any last words for today? No, I'll leave you to it. I'm going to go and uh, get amongst it with the kids, I think. <laughs> take them for a run. All right, guys. We'll see you soon.